everybody. Welcome to episode nine of the Hustling Sideways podcast. I'm Alan Hallis. I'm a music writer and... That's my cue. That's you. Uh, my <laughs> name is Jim Love, as it sounds, is the way it's spelled. Uh, and if you don't know that by now, then um, you haven't been listening. But I am a motivational and keynote speaker uh, for my company called Authentically You. And it is episode number nine, Alan. We've made it. We've made it. Um, that's the, the milestone, right? That's correct. Yes, yeah. nine is it. Uh, and um, sponsorship money has been pouring in. Yes. So, but we, yeah. stay, we stay humble and we, we are in it for the crowd, not not the sponsors yeah yeah definitely just want yeah, to make that known. Sure. we won't even shout them out that's how much we don't care should about we not tell them about the jet parked out back maybe keep that keep that yeah to, oh, we'll, well, we'll, can... we'll cut that part later okay, but okay, anyway yeah. yeah it's good it's gonna be back for episode nine um i need to tell a very quick story um that i told both of the guys in the room here with me now the guests that you'll meet here momentarily but um my voice is a little hoarse it actually came back in the last two hours uh and the reason why is important I think you should all know this. I was at a graduation party um, this past weekend, which when this episode comes out, it will be like two weekends ago. Nonetheless, my cousin Katie, who I know listens to this podcast. So Katie, <laughs> shout out to you for having an amazing graduation party. Karaoke got pulled out um, during this party. And if you know me, you know I like karaoke. Um, I also like Nickelback, which yeah, is... Yeah, we're not going to... No, no, no. We're no, not cutting okay. that. We're keeping that. Okay, because okay. I feel like Nickelback gets a very bad rap and they are not that bad. So I throw it out there. So I sang How You Remind Me, and I sang it with every ounce of my fiber, and I lost the heck out of my voice. I woke up Sunday. I couldn't say anything, and it was worth every moment. So um, that's why I, I actually told everyone at work today that I don't have a voice, and it went over very well. And uh, it was great. So um, take that as you will. But that is my story from the weekend. I feel like we should be sharing you know, like more stories of like yeah. times we sang Nickelback. Uh, but only those stories. I don't want just to you and Nickelback. That's, that's just it. specifically Jim Nickelback stories. Correct. I so won't, I don't think I have any. Well, and not I'm okay with that with attitude. That. But uh, challenge accepted to give you more Nickelback stories as time goes on. Okay, so that we, works. That that's works. Where we're at. We're at. Um, but we we're really excited to be here. We have um, really a, a, a great guest today. And, and uh, just a quick backstory: um, Alan and I um, have known each other for. 12 years ish, roughly, whatever you want to call that. Yeah. Um, over 10. Let's just say I was going to say, wow. Actually, yeah. when you o- say it like over that, wow, we sound is, old. We are. That's fine. <laughs> I'm sure it's fine. Uh, but the power of, of networking um, is very important. That's kind of how Alan and I you know, found, found our, our jobs and have really kind of grown our careers, our side hustles, et cetera. Um, and, and, you know, consistently networking and never stops. And I think like that's the, when you meet more people and form those connections, good things happen. Would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. Excellent. Yeah. You never know. And I think, I always carry cards and try to schmooze and do whatever. And you never know where something takes you. Which is and, awesome. And yeah. yeah so what if you're like, I disagree. Networking stinks. <laughs> that would have it was the this. hardest thing for me to do for a long time. It was very much mm-hmm. like not something that I naturally like, like small talk was not my thing ever. No. Yeah. And then it kind of, over time, you just kind of learn to do it. I don't know. It just felt weird. Get like a couple questions there. geared up and, and then actively listen and you're good. We're not, we're not here to talk about how to network, but yeah, but it's a really good thing. So, um, networking is great. Uh, and, and you know, we went to college together. My friend Megan from college who actually made listen to this so megan we're doing a lot of shout outs today megan shout out to you as well um uh send me an email uh toward i think it was like the end of april saying i i, I just met this guy through a professional um group like a networking group of, of young professionals that come together okay. um, he does something similar to what you do 
you know, we, we should meet. He's kind of a speaker, has started this program. It's awesome. He's really passionate about it. And I was like, hell yeah, Meg, let's, let's go meet. So we went to a wonderful Milwaukee establishment called Fink's. Shout out to Fink's. That's the third shout out in the last five minutes. I am yeah, on the roll. Yeah, look at you. We're good. And, uh, <laughs> and, and after talking to him and just hanging out, I was like, he's got to come on this podcast. I'm like so excited for it. And he's here. And he's here. <laughs> he's next to me. It is fantastic. Um, Ed DeShazer, I just asked him how to pronounce his last name five minutes ago, and I got it right. Correct? Correct. Awesome. We are so a, happy to have you. <laughs> had a busy day. You've lost your voice and uh, got it back right. two two hours ago. You you got his name five minutes mm-hmm. ago. So there we go. Ed, welcome to the show. Welcome to the podcast. Definitely. I appreciate you guys have, having me Of course, here. man. It's a pleasure. So I'm, I almost walked out when I heard about the Nickelback story, but I stayed. <laughs> See? I stayed and stuck through it. Well, guess what? I locked the door. So oh. yeah, there's no way out. Yeah, I've been here enough times to know that. Okay. <laughs> well, then there you go. All right. We're keep, good. Keep losing your voice. <laughs> That's right. So Ed, you are um, the executive director for uh, Greater Holy Temple. Did I say that right? Yep. Christian Academy. Christian Academy, which is awesome. And you have a side hustle. You're the owner of, what's the company called? Well, owner of a couple companies. One is Whitetail Milwaukee. Mm -hmm. Okay. And the other, well, another. So I've invested in a few restaurants and bars in the city, but then the other side hustle that really over COVID that started was a, I started a podcast, which turned into an educational consulting company. Excellent, which is so cool. So like, and I heard some bits and pieces of it, but um, let, let's start like before we get into that, a little bit about your background and, and sort of, and I know some of your journey to, to the school and really how important it is to you with your family and, and how that all worked out. So like, give us a little bit of the story of, of, of your journey in academia, academia, which is a big word I just used now, uh, and, and, and how that all came to fruition for you. Definitely. So I, I'm born and raised in Milwaukee, um, lived here all went finished high school here went to college at St. Cloud State University in Minnesota um played football there when I left there so I mean the story to how I ended up back in Milwaukee is kind of crazy I always I really have to tell the story because of how it ended up where I am um so I played football at St. Cloud towards the end of my time there I was playing basketball I blew my knee out so I was done playing football was hoping to pr- play professionally I had an agent and blew my knee out a few days after I had knee surgery, I hear someone at my house, at my door. It's late Friday night. I'm obviously not in a bar because I had knee surgery. Right. <laughs> so I hobble over to the door, open the door, and then the guy shoots me straight through my leg. Um, long story short, he didn't get anything. He ends up, I think he scared himself, ran. He wasn't expecting anyone to be home. So about a week later, my dad, obviously being worried, you know, I'm 500 miles away, was like, hey, you need to move back to Milwaukee and you should come work at this school and be a gym teacher. So I was like, eh, I don't really want to be a gym teacher, but I also just got shot. And I need to get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Right. So I'm laughing because that's yeah. the way you're going to go. Yeah. That yeah. would be 100%. an indicator. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, yeah. <laughs> time to go. It's like, you're looking for a God. Show me a sign. It's like, there it was. <laughs> there it is. Get yeah. shot. Um, so I moved back to Milwaukee about a week later, started working at the school as a gym teacher. Um, did that for a year, taught seventh grade for a year and a half. And then at the same school, I've been there. So I slowly worked into doing IT work there. I did event coordinating. I mean, literally, I started off as a gym teacher. And, and in the 16 years I've been there, I've worked into the executive director position. So wow, awesome. that is how I've truly moving up the, the got into there. education was I always tell people that I didn't get into education. I kind of stumbled and fell into education. <laughs> it was not yeah. truly by choice, but I amazing. love where I'm at. So. Yeah, that's an amazing. I mean, for any number of reasons. Yeah, that's that's incredible. Yeah, I, I don't know where to start with that. Like rebounding from obviously something that's very like traumatic to go mm-hmm. through, and then you know just happens to be the thing that 
kind of puts you in your career path, you know? Yep. And that's, I mean, it's one of those things I, I just gave a speech yesterday. And I, one of the things I reminded the graduates is, you know, you have plans, but your path can be a lot different than what your plans are. You know, mm-hmm. everyone makes plans for their day to day, week to week. And man, life will change those real quick on you. And before you know it, you're doing something completely different. No so. doubt. I've always been told the quote as a Catholic school kid my whole life, you know, to, a really good way to make God laugh is to tell him what you tell him what your plans are and yeah. <laughs> get a good <laughs> chuckle out of that. Yeah. hundred percent. I, so like what, what, you know, this whole experience of, of doing kind of a holistic uh, way of learning um, at, at the school is pretty amazing. Like, what, what, what sort of like lessons did you start taking away from each of these experiences? What, you know, whether it's gym teacher, IT, event coordination, like, you know, I, I, all those that kind of accumulated up into you be like, do you feel like you've like having, having experience everywhere really enabled you for that next step of becoming the director of the entire thing? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it, there's something valuable to, you know, working your way and being in every position. So now when I make decisions, I know how they affect everyone. Mm, yeah. And a lot of times you get in companies and, you know, people are there because, you know, they knew someone at the top or they're at another company and now they're the CEO or CFO or whatever. And it's like they don't know what it's like mm-hmm. to be the, you know, the IT person or whatever the other positions are. So I, it gave me good experience to know how every decision that I make, how it affects not only um, the students, but, you know, the teachers, the support staff and all the people. So it was it was very good and it was valuable. That's huge. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of the the what you're describing kind of relates to me in like the music sense mm-hmm. because like I I write, but I mean, when you put on shows, you're all of a sudden you become a sound guy, mm-hmm. or you become a photographer, or a videographer, or you become you know the booking agent or whatever it might be. Like you do a little bit of everything, and that does I think help you know what the when you become into that position where you you're in charge of all of that now you at least know the the intricate things that people might not realize that, you know, play a great effect on things. Like you said, mm-hmm. doing the IT thing. I'm sure that there's something that a principal doesn't know what the IT, per, you know, the IT person needs mm-hmm. or whether it's a gym teacher, something as simple as like, hey, we need X, Y, Z. You know, they don't realize the why, why you need it. But it's something that's just important to, you know, you, you know, those detail points now and that that can affect your job and make you you know so much more effective as a leader. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it kind of look at it similar to how like undercover boss, you know, it's, yeah, it's just thinking the you, same thing. Yeah. those those guys and women take so much away mm-hmm. because they learned that, you know, there's so many people underneath you that you make decisions and you don't think about it. you're just thinking of the bottom line. You exactly. don't think about the know the computer system that hasn't been updated in 45 years because you're still getting your checks every quarter or month or whatever they are so it's it was definitely valuable and and i think a lot of that was so my dad was the one that founded the school Mm -hmm. and he actually worked for uh max cole who's herb's cole's father so he was his manager at pick and save and i i think a reason i don't know if i if he thought i would stay at the school long enough to be in this position um but one thing he always talked about about max cole was Instead of just giving Herb Cole the company, Herb Cole worked in the basement. So it was like, no, you're going to start here. Yeah. You're going to learn. This is when mm-hmm. Cole's had a grocery store. So I would, it's, yeah. I'll say for, I, I don't say know if your Cole listeners family. know how, I mean, that's a long time ago. So <laughs> you would great. not have a lot of things here in Milwaukee. You would not, I don't believe, have the bucks if it weren't for the Cole family and the mm-hmm. Cole's corporation. And yes. But yep. yes. Yeah. I so, digress. I mean, that, that's, <laughs> a, that's a big thing is, you know, you... And you see a lot, a lot of people get in the, get positions handed to them without knowing 
what it takes to get there. Mm-hmm. And that right. was a big thing that he, my dad always spoke about with Max was he made her work from the bottom until he like it was no different than anyone else. You were promoted into where you needed to be. So you had to get these skills mm-hmm. to get to the next spot versus like, hey, you're my son. Here's the empire of yeah. coals. Right. And like, I think no, from like, like, like a leadership perspective too, like people, you know, people know your journey and, and uh, the level of respect and trust from that, like you're doing it with the best interest of everyone, you know, whatever decision you make, you know, how it's going to go here, how it's going to go here. And there's still the collaboration piece. And, you know, I'm sure you know how to talk to those folks. And, and, uh, but that's like a big deal. Cause I've, I've worked with people who sort of handed the keys without, you know, any sort of reasoning. And there's just always a disconnect every time, like regardless of how, qualified he or she is there's always a sense of like well that's why they got it you know like and that very easily could have been your story based on on, on you know the school that you're at that your dad founded i mean you know totally but like you, your ability to work it up and and um to you know gain that trust and and uh and really you know be be noted in the milwaukee community if you if you google your name there's stuff about you you know which is yeah. really cool and and you've done a lot and and have made a name for yourself and, and based off of sort of this path that you didn't realize you're going to go on you know which is which is pretty sweet and you're going to be there for is it 15 years now this is my just finished my 16th year so wow. next year will be my 17th year so it's awesome it yeah, has been, really it's wild. crazy to think it's like, man, I, we have now have kids there whose kids I had when I was a seventh grade teacher. Oh, okay. So it's okay. like, or yeah. it was kids there whose parents I had when I was a seventh grade teacher. So we've, there are kids that have went there that now have kids that go there. That's wild. So it's like, okay, that's when someone comes in and little kids are like, you are my mom's teacher. I'm like, okay, I'm old. Yeah. Right. When you're like, oh, there's multiple generations. you like, thank of- you, but no more comments <laughs> yeah. from you, buddy. Right. <laughs> Um, so let's talk a little bit about, you know, what you do on the side as well, too, how that mm-hmm. kind of transitions into that. Being in education, you're you're obviously talking, you're communicating with people all the time, um, but you're, you're going into kind of speaking, too, and, and, you know, taking it beyond the traditional, like, academic subjects and stuff like that. What do you kind of talk about? What is kind of like the, the focal points of the, the speaking work that you do? Yeah, so about... Three years ago, I started getting certified in restorative practices. Um, that is really for the people that aren't familiar with it. Most schools operate on a punitive system, which is really kind of how society is. Mm-hmm. You do something wrong, you get punished for doing something wrong. Right. Restorative practices is more of a proactive, like, let's, how can we solve the problem versus punishing the deed? Um, and I started getting certified in that about three or four years ago. And once I started reading about it, it was something that hit home for me because I was a kid that stayed in trouble growing up. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I knew which teachers didn't like me. And those mm-hmm. are the teachers I gave problems to. Right. I knew which teachers cared about me. And no matter how much trouble I wanted, I would get into in another classroom. The teachers that cared about me, I would go out of my way to make sure they were good. And so the big thing I focus on with, and I start a lot of this with our own school, was how do we build relationships with the kids? Because once you build a meaningful relationship, people are much less likely to want to f- fracture that relationship or disrespect you or yeah. walk out of class. Kids will run through a brick wall for teachers that they know care about mm-hmm. them. So yeah. that was really how it started. And it's just transitioned into like a continually, like I'm continually le- trying to learn more and more. So now I'm trying to pour that into other teachers and students in other schools. Have sure. you found teachers were like receptive to, to this, you know, thought or, or I, I'm just like curious because I knowing like, and it's funny, I think about when you just, you know, spoke about like teachers who run through a brick wall floor. I, I remember very well those teachers, you know, grade school to high school. And I remember the ones that didn't like me a lot. Like I like very well, you know, and, yep. and it, there's almost still like a pettiness of me of like from 15 year old gym. that's like <laughs> that guy didn't like me, you know, and say, so I, I mean, totally. Um, <laughs> I have that. So I'm like, 
I'm like thinking about those guys and gals in the back of my head of like they would have not responded well to that at all. You know, so like what's 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 been the, the the like you know the mixed reactions I guess of hearing that message. I mean, honestly, it's so when we started implementing in our school, it's very hit or miss. You know, mm-hmm. you have half the teachers that are like, yeah, build relationships, let's do it. The other half are like, that's not what school is about. I'm a teacher. I'm not your friend. I'm not a relationship builder. Like, yeah. you know, and the thing that a lot of teachers don't understand when I do have done workshops, I usually try to lead with it was a study that Purdue did. And that in something as simple as that, I think they studied 1,200 classrooms. And the teachers that greeted their students at the door, whether it was a high five handshake, were just at the door to greet their students, had 20% less disruptions in their classrooms. And wow. it was, and kids were nine percent more likely to be engaged in learning. So it's like that saves you an hour a day That's of learning, huge. just <laughs> because you're not Jim. Sit down, Jim. Sit down. Right. right. Because now Jim's already sitting because Jim wants to learn. So it's yep. it's something that I get it. You're a teacher, but you're also mm-hmm. much more than that. And. If kids like you, your teaching is going to be that much easier. It's just funny because that's like a no brainer to me. You know, like yeah, I, it seems it, like a I, you know like a first impression kind of thing. totally. I mean, I, I like in in the one in the teachers that were super effective, you know, Exhibit A, like focused on that. Like I I knew them outside of class in a way where like whether they sponsored something or were just like around or helping or like and they asked me questions about my life. You know, mm-hmm. and it wasn't just like. Like I got a C on that geometry test, which geometry can kiss my angle side side. I'll get I'll get on that later. But um, that was my least favorite. Time. No, but like like but it was the ones of like like uh, you know here's here's your test, but like you know how how are your parents doing? You know like stuff like that where I really and then like I felt like I could tell them anything, and they could tell when I was struggling, could tell like and that was just it was small comments like that. And it's funny you say that because I never had any teacher that greeted me at the door. Now that I think about yeah, it ever. That's so, something like, that we really push. What mm-hmm. what you were talking about, we what we like to call it is, is drive-bys. So those are teachers that walk by, Hey, how are you doing? And they don't even care to hear what you're saying. They're just asking you because that's the courteous thing to do as you're walking past each other. (laughs) Where it's like the teachers that will like sit and like ask you genuine questions. Like, Mm -hmm. Hey, how was your weekend? That's huge. Oh, you played this or you did that. Or they come to your sporting events. Like those are the teachers that are going to be good teachers. Like you can be the smartest person in the room, but if kids aren't listening, they're not going to get all the stuff you have anyways. Do, so. do you yeah. find, um, and this is just, uh, my wheels are spinning here because yeah. I'm really passionate about this, but like, are, are the newer teachers more receptive to it and older teachers aren't? Or is that just a huge stereotype I have in my head right now? More more newer teachers are open to it. it. Not to say every teacher that's been doing it for a long right, time right. won't, mm-hmm. but it's just a much different, you know, it's a much different style of teaching. You know, I, I, I talk to a lot of people about the educational system it's mm-hmm. you look at how much society has changed in the last i mean even in the last 20 years mm-hmm. education has not you right. know you still expect to walk in a classroom and see kids sitting in a straight row teacher at the board lecturing like kids need <laughs> to be so engaged yeah. interacting moving around it shouldn't be sit in straight rows and listen mm-hmm. to me talk it should be how can we collaborate because that's what the world is collaborating and it's not totally straight line anymore and not only like that's like a lesson for life i mean like if if you were to have a relationship with a teacher let's say like in your seventh grader and you collaborated with them got to know them on a personal basis like think about your job when you're 22 and out of college like you learned how to do that at a really like that's ingrained in and you, you learned how to communicate with like a boss exactly. you know what i mean like yeah. to treat yeah. it the same way someone who's a superior right you know like yeah that's, and that's i huge. think that that relationship this is purely me hypothesizing, mm-hmm. but that's kind of ingrained in people. Like when you, when you see the definition of like a boss or a, mm-hmm. a teacher or whatever, or any kind of like authority figure like that are automatically creates some division just right. because mm-hmm. they are above you is what you kind of mm-hmm. are just taught and told or whatever. And, and 
it sounds like what you're trying to kind of teach is like to be like, okay, let's, let's blur that line. It's like not make that as, as harsh of a thing. You know what I mean? Like so that, and it makes for a better learning environment and a better work environment later on too, as if a boss were to have that same kind of thing of being able to talk with their, their employees or if a teacher can talk with their students and, you know, and, and that, those kids that, just want something to somebody to, to listen exactly. to. Too. And, and that, that and trust leads to mutual respect. One hundred percent. And that's really a lot of what it is, is a kids don't kids think that adults never think they're wrong mm-hmm. because a lot of teachers, when they get corrected, get upset at a kid. Right. And it's yeah. like, well, if you were wrong, you were wrong. Like, <laughs> yeah, kids will be very honest yeah. with you. Right. And that's I think that's what upsets a lot of teachers. Mm-hmm. But it's very similar to what, you know, you're talking about with, you know, a boss. And the, what we tell the teachers at the school is, would you want to be a student in your classroom? Yeah. And it's like that's and, and for me, that was something when I first got into leadership that I had to reflect on. Because when I got into leadership, it was a like, do as I say, do as I say. And then my dad gave me um, how to win friends and influence people. Mm-hmm. That was the first book he gave me. It was his copy. I mean, he had jotted notes in it. And he was like, just read it. Don't market it because I'm going <laughs> to ask for it back. So I bought my own. <laughs> right. Um, but that was one of the things. It's like you you don't have to be like driving people with fear isn't what works and that's what schools do it's like if you don't do this you fail if you don't do this you lose your recess if you don't do this you sit in the corner where it's like no do this because it will help you get to where you want to go and yeah that's such a different way of thinking and i love it and that's where i think a lot of leadership in corporate world really struggles they don't connect with their they don't connect with their employees and you wonder why you know their their employees don't like working for them, and I think yeah. like that that sense of and it's just so funny how like like a school and a corporation are just you know like people think of those as so separate, but really when it comes down to it, it's it's leadership, right? But like that leading with fear creates like this silo where people are not creative, and mm-hmm. like because you're afraid to fail with it. And like I, I would imagine like like I'm thinking about like a 13 year old student right now who's like maybe just like not that great at academics, like not their thing. Like you know I know you said obviously like your 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 road was difficult, you know when you yeah. were growing up, like. Like to, to then have fear be like laden with that. I wouldn't, I would be so afraid to like, to fail, you know, but like if you have this relationship where it's okay to fail, like you're going to work a lot harder and then maybe you'll learn something. I mean, it's just like such a different mindset that could really lead to success. Um, yeah. So that's, that's fascinating. So I'm like curious what, what a, what a workshop looks like for you. You know, when you're like, if you're going into, well, I, I know you started this really kind of during well, I don't know if you started during COVID. I know you started a couple yeah, years so ago. So the but- podcast, I, the, I started diving into restorative practices mm-hmm. some years back. The podcast has started end of March. Got it. Yeah. And then I was like, you know, why not kind of lead this into a consulting group? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I've done workshops prior to all that, but a lot of the workshops I did were at our school, gotcha. which is, for me, it was good practice. You know, these are people that trust me already. Mm-hmm. I don't have to walk in. I'm not in here saying, hey, I need X, Y, Z dollars. Like I'm here. Mm-hmm. Like I'm this is the these are the things that I've gotten at these conferences. I can give it to you guys for free. I awesome. paid money to get these. So mm-hmm. right. that mm-hmm. was really where a lot of it started. But it's a lot of hands on. Um, and I always like to start with a presentation because you a you have to get people involved. I mean, I'm sure everyone here has sat in a presentation. You know, within the first five minutes, yeah. if you're going to be looking at your phone the whole oh, time, yeah. or if you're going to be like, yeah. I'm going to be involved yeah. in this. And it's usually when I start with a joke is when people pull their phones out. That's <laughs> typically the moment I realize it. Happens. So, you know, it's you, you have to get people connected and then it's, you know, how can this help me? Mm-hmm. And it's very similar to what I ask the teachers to do. If the kids don't see how this can benefit them, they don't care. And that's the struggle with the generation of kids. Now it's like, 
you know, when we were growing up, it was, you know, we needed to know the capitals. Mm-hmm. And, right. you know, I thought, <laughs> you know, geometry and all these things were things I was going to use every single day. And it's like, I don't. No I don't way. even need yeah. to know the capital of anything. I can pull my phone out. Yeah. Right. So, like, really, how do you connect that. with kids that have access to every single thing totally. that they possibly could want? So, yeah. it's really just getting them engaged and getting rid, rid of the sticks and carrots. So, that's the, you know, the stick is the punishment if you don't do it right. The carrot mm-hmm. is, hey, here's your $100 bonus. If you can get all your work done by this quarter, this right. is what's waiting for you. Right. And you really have to, like, get people motivated from the inside. It's yeah. like starting with why, right? Like yep. that, like well, why are we doing not like what you do, not how you do it, but like that really. Which I know Simon Simek, who's a a TED Talk guy from from years ago. Like that was like a really popular talk. I'm reading his book right now, actually. But it, it's really fascinating. All these inspirational leaders from over the years all had a why, like a very clear why, and people rallied around that, and they happened to be the the, the bearer of that, if you will. Um, which is great. Which I think a teacher can very easily fall into that and, and you know, inspire students with why. And and I think too, like and something I know when, when you and I first met, um, we talked a little bit about too is like this level of authenticity that they bring to it. So like no one's perfect and a teacher's not perfect. So I think like the more they can you know, embrace that and own that. Like they're going to make a mistake in a lesson plan someday, you know, like, and going to say the wrong word, like laugh it off. And like, that's how you students don't connect with perfect like because they're not yeah. here. Right. Yeah. And nor are any, any of us. So I think like when they can be human, like have this level of trust, have this level of authenticity, like you're going to pay attention. You know, that's yep. something that students are going to look at. And I think that's, that's like a really you know big part of that process too. And, and um, to have like, I can look up to you, but also know that like, I see my failures in that too. And like, but it's, it's okay. I'm allowed to fail. Yep, and I definitely. think it makes the teachers look more human. Yeah, you know exactly. what I mean too? Yeah. Like you don't know who this person is who came into the room that mm-hmm. is now instructing you about, you know, whatever history subject or whatever it is or whatever math problem. Mm-hmm. Like you don't know that person generally. Right. But yeah, it, those little moments like that, I think, um, do endear a teacher to a student. Do you see ever that the window is smaller for that opportunity? Like, you know, attention spans are shorter, things like that. Do you ever come across that where, you know, maybe a kid immediately, like no matter what, just, full hard stop is not going to listen to this teacher, you know, from the jump or, or do you think that there's still like always going to be a little bit of a window for, for kids to find the person in their teacher, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, that's a good question. I think to say that every kid can be reached, it would be very naive because Mm -hmm. not every kid can be reached, but the majority of kids that you work with, if you take time from the start to build a relationship with them, they can be reached. And a big thing with, that we do at our school is the first two weeks there's no teaching it's you know getting your getting connected with your kids getting them connected with each other going over expectations and setting the guidelines and having the kids involved in that process that's usually one of the biggest struggles in classroom yeah the kids walk in on day one and you already got your rules on the board and they don't have a buy-in in it so right. you, so you said the first two weeks you don't te- you got you go through this sort of collaborative process yeah it's, I didn't it's know that. we do we, we will do assessments obviously mm-hmm. to see where the kids are but yeah. a lot of it is going through procedures and policies awesome. and and some of the things is setting if the kids can set the rules with you and mm-hmm. they agree to those rules yeah it's very easy to say you know what Jim you you agreed that you would mm-hmm. be respectful of your classmates and right now you're not doing that yeah. versus walking in and it's you know rule one don't talk without raising your hand rule right. two it's like at this point you didn't even ask my input right. but that kind of goes back to the leadership thing you know it's it's like a hierarchy that's very similar administration to teachers as mm-hmm. teachers are to students mm-hmm. so the same thing that we ask the teachers to do with the students mm-hmm. we try to as an administration try to do with our teachers you know it's 
even throughout COVID, it wasn't like these are our decisions, like deal with them. It was how can we find the best way to handle this? And mm-hmm. we were very collaborative with our teachers. But I think those are the things that go a long way because now it's not I made a decision and I sit in my office. It's we made the decision and you're the ones doing a lot of the right. hard work. Right. So your input has to be heard. And how do we like continuously evolve to, you know, that's that's huge. I mean, that's really like because I think for for students, you know, particularly ones that are maybe you know a little more troubled or like, again, school is not their thing, et cetera. Like to, to have a say and a voice in in, in the rules that are made, like they're going to own that. And, yeah. and that's, that's how leaders get built sometimes too, from like, just like a younger, you know, 13, 14 year old perspective. Like I was involved in this and now like it's, it's, it's all of us. It's all of us doing it rather than this person telling me what to do. And, um, and again, that's like, that can build to, to, you know, you know, like the, the love of respect for each other then. And we did these together. We're in this together. I can imagine your, your school culture has got to be pretty cool. <laughs> I was going to say, it's fascinating. You're like reducing angst. Yeah, very much so. You know, just by, by knocking down that, that barrier right at, from the jump and mm-hmm. saying, okay, like we're in this together. Like, that's amazing to me because, the long-term effect of that, like you said, is something that I think a leader can take that now. And then, you know, when, like, if that kid's a, a captain of his soccer team mm-hmm. or if he's in his extracurricular, now he's going to take that approach too because he remembered how well that that worked mm-hmm. for him in the classroom. Yep. And, and you know, it, it's really rebuilding what, what leadership is to people, yeah. you know? I mean, a lot of it is just the big thing is building a community in your classroom. Mm-hmm. And a lot of schools there, there are some schools, even in Milwaukee, that are doing a really good job of it. But then there are some that I've been around that don't do a good job of mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And then you wonder why you have a lot of the issues that you do. You know, our a lot of our students come from some of the hardest neighborhoods in Milwaukee. And mm-hmm. before we, we, I did some data on it. Before we started our sort of practices, the year before we had, I don't remember the amount of suspensions, but it was like 2,000 days worth of school that our kids wow. missed because of suspensions. Oh, so, wow. you know, you two get in a fight, mm-hmm. we send you home for three days. We didn't solve your problem. We right. just sent, we solved our problem. Yeah, now you're yeah. And we here. sent you right. home and then you came back and did it all over mm-hmm. again versus, you know, you two got in a fight over a basketball game. What does it solve to send you two home? Right. That didn't solve your problem. Mm-hmm. It just solved our problem of like, we have to punish you and get you out of here. Right. Why not sit down and say, you know what, where did this stem from? You know what, I didn't like that the way he gloated when he won and now it's like you know what so how can we change our approach mm-hmm. we wouldn't have to send the kids home our, our suspensions dropped like 600 percent in two years That's we went amazing. from wow like that amount of days and then two years later it was like 120 days that our kids were out and we have at the time we had 650 kids <laughs> you know so it's it was and there's some things obviously you still have to there are, you know certain you can't, things yeah. yeah like you still do some crazy things there's gonna be some consequences for <laughs> right. it but Little stuff like some schools have just no tolerance. Like you fight, you're going home for three days. Right. But yeah. what if our fight, we're buddies and we fought over a basketball and then yeah. I punched you because I got mad. Exactly. Yeah. Is yeah. That, is, yeah. Do and I really need to be at home? Everybody's family situation is different. So, you know, if you have parents that are maybe a little more negligent and you're home for three mm-hmm. days and they don't do anything yeah, for, exactly. you know, because you got suspended. What is to stop you from going back and doing it again and getting three days off of school? Yeah, again, I mean, know? that is what some kids do. Like, I don't want to be here. And kids will come in. I don't want to be here. You know, why did you why did you go upstairs and say that? Because I don't want to be here. And I know you'll send me home. It's like, well, you know what? Surprise, surprise. Right. We're not sending you home this yeah. time. Like, you can hang out with me all day. And then kids are like, <laughs> okay, this kind of sucks. I want to get back to the classroom. <laughs> right. like, 
I, I have to imagine like for, for a student, you know, that's like, like the, the, the discipline in terms of like getting them together and just like chatting about the root cause of what happened. Students want to be cared about, you know? And I, I think that like the, the, the other idea of like, yeah, just go home. Like clearly the school didn't even care either, you know? Like, so mm-hmm. I think like that, that would be such a different mindset of, of like, okay, they actually want to know, like maybe, maybe I should, you know, rethink this. Like, and I think that like these students are smarter than we, you know, we give them credit for sometimes. Yeah. Right? Like I, I think like yeah. a lot of, a lot of like, you know, some teachers and things I, you know, I've worked for in the past, like just kind of like, well, like I'm the adult, you know, like I, we make the decision, you go home. It's like, well, why don't we talk to them? Like they, they have a mind and a brain too. And like, they could, they could chat this out, know that they're cared about. And maybe that that's a little different for the next time around. Like, and maybe they want to do better for their classmates or for that teacher that helped them out. And I just like the, the, the domino effect that could have in a positive way is, is, uh, you know, really clearly telling, I mean, the stats speak for themselves, you know? So yeah, I, I think what huge. people, especially when I talk to teachers that they have to learn is, is when a kid is struggling, it's usually a lack of skill, not a lack of will. You mm-hmm. know, they're as teachers, we're not only teaching, you know, the English, the social studies, the math, but you have to teach kids social skills. And the biggest thing kids struggle with is a, how to identify their feelings Mm -hmm. and then B, how do I deal with the feeling I've identified? And once you can really get them to think, you know, I hurt someone's feelings, kids at a young age, I mean, adults lack empathy. Kids really lack it because they haven't been around long enough to understand it. So once I can understand that when I said something about Jim and it hurt his feelings, Mm -hmm. it's like, you know what? I don't. I didn't mean to do that, but kids don't think they don't, they're not, they're not developed enough to think about that. So once you can really get kids working those, those skills, it's like, it's like a muscle. They have to work it for it. Exactly. Yeah. If your instinct is just to punish them, like, okay, they're never going to think about like getting their peers perspective, you know, like that's just not something like when I was trying to be cool when I was 13, like I didn't (laughs) think, I didn't care what Alan thought. Right. Like I was like, you know, it's all, I'm selfish. Like clearly, you know, like we didn't, like the practice of that, Later on, I even think thinking like having like a disagreement with a coworker. Like I want to know like what, like where was their head at, right? Like let's let's figure that out first, and then how can we come to a compromise? Like mm-hmm. I learned that, but had I learned that when I was thirteen, I you know it's, it would just be so different. Like I feel like that's like a leg up, and like honestly, so hireable when it, when it comes down. Like people want folks who are very you know emotionally intelligent. You know mm-hmm. I think that's what that can really lead to, other than being successful in school and you know et cetera. But I'm just like the life lessons of that are you know, would probably stick around for a long time. And I, I bet you have students come back a lot and say like this, you know, like I learned this or like you helped me here. And I, I mean, I just, how rewarding must that be? Yeah. I mean, it, it happens a lot. You mm-hmm. know, I'm at Metro market and I see, I always hear like Mr. Shays and I'm like, Oh geez, who is it? And I start looking around like, who's <laughs> you're in the alcohol section or something yeah. at Metro market. <laughs> Slide it in my jacket. Yeah. Yeah. It's for my wife. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, it's, it's, that's really what like, gives you the pleasure and mm-hmm. I, when i talk to teachers you know you you're like a farmer that a lot of times you don't get to see your crop grow you do all the hard right. work and all the heat and then 10 years later your crop blossoms into something but you know we had our eighth grade graduation speaker came back and she was our she was our eighth grade valedictorian so five years ago six, maybe six years ago she's currently a sophomore at marquette nice. on a full academic scholarship and awesome. it's like like those are the moments where you're like, listen, long nights, stressful days. Like, she's someone. It's it's like you leave an impact in them, so they can leave an impact with, as they exactly. go. So you're just trying to set that ripple effect because mm-hmm. then she's gonna leave an impact. The people around her are gonna be positively effective. And when you see the the great work that your the kids that you've had are doing, it's yeah. like that's why I do what I do. I was gonna say, is, would you say that's the most gratifying aspect of 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 your job your your passion your career 100 percent. that's awesome yes is yeah. you know you see the people that you affect and mm-hmm. you're, they're just like 
you know, a lot. And the ones that I think are the best are the ones that will come back and be like, I should have listened to you. Like, <laughs> like I know I was a pain in the butt, but thank yeah. you for not giving up on me awesome. and, you know, yeah. telling me what I need to hear versus what I wanted to hear. And mm-hmm. it's like, you know, you know, the kids that are going to do well from, from the start, right. like those ones don't, they don't need a lot of pushing. Mm-hmm. It's the ones that like really pushed back that when they come back and are like, man, like, I appreciate that, it. I'm good worked. now because of, you know, you and these, all these other teachers and, you know, that's where it like really hits home. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, looking forward a little bit to it since you, you kind of have this approach of, you know, not, I, I don't, I'm struggling to articulate the right way to say it, like not softening the blow of like a punishment, but coming up with a, a corrective, you know, behavior. Do you see more schools possibly leaning this way in the future? I mean, kind of, Shifting away, like we said, from the the more traditional, everybody's in the line, everybody learns this way kind of thing. Do you see that being more adaptive as as the future of education goes on? Yeah, definitely. And that's, you know, I hope COVID taught people, Mm -hmm. you know, A, that there's a lot of flaws in a lot of different things in education. But, you know, a lot of the workshops I've went to are in Texas, Arizona. Um, Most are down south. So I don't know if it's really a southern thing where this is it's more popular. It's just really starting to catch traction up here. Okay. But for schools to really be successful. And I think what people need to understand is it's not, you know, it's not just schools that have a high inner city population. Mm -hmm. Like these are skills that every school, even schools in the suburbs, like Mm -hmm. building relationships, like we talked about, that's something that lasts you a lot longer than you walk out of class. It's a universal language. I mean, you're going to need this, you know? So I I hope that's the case. Um, But that's kind of my, that's why I really, was like, let me spin this into a consulting company yeah. because I see, especially up here, there is such a large need for it. And I have a lot of connections because of some of the boards that I'm on mm-hmm. with right. schools. Mm-hmm. So I, that's how I, you know, I was able to get back in the Nicolay and I've reached out to other schools. I'm like, listen, like I'll, I'll come and do this for free. Right. And like, I don't, I'm not here. Like, and that's the benefit for what I've done with other businesses. Like I'm not doing this to make money. Yeah. I'm doing this because it will make an impact and then, you know, it's just because it's what I like to do. And exactly. the money is the money isn't a factor because financially I'm in a good position. Right. Right. And not a lot of other speakers can say that like that is all exactly. they do for money. And it's like you got bills to pay. I get it. Right. Right. And that's, you know, you and I are both driven by our passion rather than mm-hmm. a pocketbook. Right. And that's the same with me. Like I started speaking because I, I loved it and I like knew, you know, and I have a job and I, I, I knew the feeling that I had and what I hope that the students had and something you had just brought up, like you're kind of planting the seed and 10 years later, like it grows, right? You don't see it. And so whenever I go to like a school or virtually now, you know, whatever, hopefully in the fall, you know, it looks different, but um, like, and I'm done speaking and I have to leave. I'm like, ah, oh, like I really wanted like to connect with that. You know, like I saw mm-hmm. that, that one student that was just like, pick it up when I'm throwing down and I would love to just like talk to them and just like hear their perspective. Sometimes I get to stay after, but like for the most part, they got class later or something, but like yeah. I've had students come back to me, you know, two or three years later. And they're like, I, I like wrote down a quote that you said on my wall. And like, this is what, and like, I like that, like flattens me, you know, like I'm, I'm and that's, that's my why too. You know, and like whenever I get, like, I got like a DM like a month ago or something after I spoke and um, this, this student was like, you know, what, like I felt really loved and respected after you spoke to me. And I'm like, that's it. Like, that's, that's what, that's you know, the what thing it is. You want. Exactly. Yeah. The thing yeah. You push for. And I don't care. Like, again, like 
you know, I'll do it. I'll go when we're done here to school. Like, I don't, I don't care. Like there's no, there's the, the money part doesn't matter. It's like, let me just show up. I have a message to spread. And, mm-hmm. and so I, that's why when I met you, I was like, your vibe you were throwing. I'm like, that's exactly like, we need more educators like that, frankly, is people that care. And, and, and you started the side passion that, that really is going to really change your, like for, for with your career in a school, like changing your school. And will ultimately, I think change a lot of other schools and their approach to it too, yeah. which is like kind of cool how those two things connect. Like your, your vocation led to a passion that is now impacting your vocation, a lot of other people's vocations too. Yeah, and I, th- I think, especially for my situation, I had to kind of get more within what my purpose was. Mm-hmm. So even how I even got into bars and restaurants, a friend of mine was an owner at a nightclub, 720 downtown. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I ended up buying into that. And that was where it was like fast cash. And then I caught myself down there all the time. And it's like, wow, I'm the executive director. That's at an executive director by day, a nightclub owner by night. Like it was yeah. like the money was great. But yeah. it was like eventually I was like, this isn't what, you know, God put me here to do. Right. I was like, right. I got to get get out of this. So really mm-hmm. two weeks, one week before COVID hit, I got bought out. And I was like, wow. you know, I just need to, you know, this isn't what. Yeah, the money's great, yeah. but money isn't everything. It's not fulfilling. Yeah, right. so I just, you know, the timing was right for me. I got bought out, and then I noticed once I got out of that, it's like doors opened up mm-hmm. for me. And it's like, well, that, the doors opened because I wasn't walking down the right way. Yeah, like, exactly. I was, once I walked the direction I was supposed to, doors start opening for you, and that's where it was like, okay. I think that was my, like, <laughs> aha moment. That's, like, a, that's yeah. a big moment, no doubt. Like, okay, this is where I should have really always been, but mm-hmm. I let the – the glitz and the glamour have me running in the opposite direction, totally. you know, yeah, right. Yeah. It made a big difference in my life. And it's absolutely very, it's clear. people around me have like, even the teachers at the school, they're like, wow, it's like, you've grown a lot in the mm-hmm. last few years. And it's like, you know, I, I did because I wasn't focused on all the right things. Mm-hmm. And you made yeah. a decision to like, that was like your choice to go and, and continue pursuing this thing that you knew fulfilled you in a different way, which, yep. which is really mature and, and, and impactful. You know, when someone makes a decision like that. Yeah, Absolutely. This has been a blast. Yeah. Um, I, I am fascinated by all of this, you know, and, and education has never really been my like thing to dive in mm-hmm. on. And I'm like, this is amazing. Like what you're doing with, with kids is great. And the way that you're able to, you know, kind of change some of the stigmas around school and education mm-hmm. in a, a growing environment for sure um, is absolutely wonderful. So, so thank you for coming on and Definitely. talking about I, that. I appreciate you guys inviting me on. Of course, man. Again, yeah. I know, you know, I know you and I are going to collaborate. Like I'd say, I could, this is, yeah, we'll, no, we'll, 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 we'll talk. I mean, <laughs> yeah. but, but it goes back to the relationship. Building. Yes. You know, this exactly. all happened because you built a relationship. Right. And I think and, when you and I were done with happy hour, I remember you were specifically like, people always say they're going to do something and just like never do it. They're like, yes. we should meet up sometime. And I was like, I couldn't agree more. Like I like, I can't, unless like it's someone you saw on passing for a minute and you're like, Oh, we should like that. Yeah. That one's always an empty gesture. But like, if you're actually like be intentional when you want to do something, I was like, well, I want to like, let's do this. Like let's yeah. make it happen. And, and uh, yeah, which I think is, I remember you said that I'm like, he's right. Like let's, so let's <laughs> send texts and that's the stuff that it. goes a long way. Yeah. Megan, Megan and I were in this class mm-hmm. and we were connecting like in a zoom off on like the side. She was like, I have this buddy that I want you to meet. <laughs> right. I was like, cool. Like, she was like, well, you know, we should all get together. And I'm like, I'm down. Let let's me know. Do it. Yeah. I mean, before I got home, I had an email with her and Jim. Yeah. Like, <laughs> hey, we're going to, let's set it up now. And it's like, that is the, like, that's the go get itness. Exactly. I don't know if that's a word, but we are making like, it one. Listen, it that, is now. Yeah. That, that's the, that's the go get itness <laughs> that, like people need, but it's infectious. Cause right. then it's like, now we're here. Yeah. And then we started at Finks and then it was like, Hey, you know, we should connect on a podcast. And mm-hmm. I know, you know, you had your wedding coming up and mm-hmm. really you're like, you know, this is done. Like 
come this date or let's find this week. I'm like, let's do it. And I yeah. want to make sure it's known. I responded to you when I was in Hawaii. And, and it was two in the morning when I woke up and I said, Ed, we want you at yeah. <laughs> for our podcast. So I was committed to the cause. I like it. I That's like why it. you get the big sponsorship dollars. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> if uh, before we get into the jet, uh, if they want to get uh, get in touch with you and find out more about what you're doing, where is the best place to go? Uh, go online and and follow or find what you're up to. Yeah, probably you know my social media. I think most of them are my full name, Edward DeShazer, D-E-S-H-A-Z-E-R. Okay. Um, my LinkedIn, I think, is Edward Dash DeShazer, but, mm-hmm. I mean, there's not any what's other your, Edward DeShazer. What's your Venmo? Yeah. <laughs> Ed, Edward DeShazer. There it is. Yeah, keep it going. I, I try to, like, make them all the same, but, yeah, I mean, if Edward DeShazer, I mean, you can... Awesome. I don't know. It's not John Smith, so right. it shouldn't be too many. If there's yeah. some other ones out here, I definitely <laughs> yeah. haven't we'll met them yet. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for, yeah, for man, coming thank on. Thank you for coming. Definitely, I appreciate is, you guys having me. This has me. been a great one for sure. Mm-hmm. Jim, thank you as well for, Alan, as thank always, you. coming in. Yeah, it's we a gotta, pleasure. We got to make sure we keep thanking each we, other. We always for forget to thank each other. Yeah, <laughs> thank you for letting me in your home and, and drink, <laughs> drinking your water and, and uh, using your bathroom. Well, of course. It. Sure, why yeah. not? Um, thank you guys so much for listening as well. If you do want to get in touch with this podcast, you can follow us too uh, on any platform that you listen to podcasts. You can also check us out on Instagram and Twitter. Both are hustling sideways. And that's pretty much it. I that's think. episode nine right that's there. That's episode nine. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, for Jim Love, I'm Alan Hells, and we will see you next time on the Hustling Sideways podcast. Keep on hustling. <laughs>